Now back to the happy hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Really good stuff from you guys on the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. We'll get to a couple of those in our final segment, but first, we must get to our one of our favorite guests of the week. Our esteemed guests. Yes. We are joined on the Honda Lincoln Hotline by Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. Aaron, how's everything going? Oh, you know, professionally, it's <laughs> going. Uh, personally, it's been a week, um, but... You know, we're yes. here. <laughs> yes, I I understand. We I appreciate I appreciate we appreciate you uh, still still joining us and talking some Huskers. So yeah. I guess we'll we'll go ahead and start with this talking about Saturday. Um, obviously not the desired result. What was your just general takeaway from Saturday? Um, and knowing now what you know from from listening to the coaches speak on Monday and Tuesday, what, what's your takeaway? What can Nebraska fans take away from Purdue? Yeah, that Purdue game got got ugly quick, didn't it? Um, mm-hmm. When things really kind of – when the wheels fall off for Nebraska, they really just fall off and then some. And I think so far this week, the one thing that has been said that has just really stood out to me, and if people haven't heard it, you can go find the video um, on Hill Varsity's YouTube channel. It's there, or um, I'm sure the quotes are out there as well. But Sean Becton was basically asked, what can the offense – essentially do to improve at this point like what is it that needs to be done and Mm -hmm. to kind of sum that quote up he talked about you know attention to detail um holding people accountable so he his whole thing because then of course he's asked to follow that up like can you please you know explain more of like what that means and he talked just about how he holds his players accountable and how um if they're not he said, I pride myself with a tight end to really, really harp on those small details. If they're not focused, like he's in their ear. And it kind of felt like who is he maybe saying isn't doing that? And he, you know, those are follow-up questions that coaches tend to talk their way around because they're not looking to point direct fingers. But I thought when you really broke down what he was saying, it's so true of so many games this season. And honestly, the, the, the past four years for Nebraska, where – Nebraska beats itself every single time. If you are a team that uh, is scheming for Nebraska, show up and play your game and just just hold hold on. If you can just wait long enough, Nebraska will start beating itself. And I think that was just another case against Purdue. Is was all you had to do is show up and play your game well enough, and Nebraska would take care of the rest. And I think that is something where Scott Frost needs to provide more clarity on of. Why is this the case? Why why are these little details continuing to show up? And you know, if if Adrian Martinez is throwing a, an interception, why not pull him out for a series and have him watch some film, regroup, get his bearings about him? It, but instead, to you know, you you throw him back in there and he throws another interception. It's just maybe there's just a lot of questions, and I think Purdue kind of unfortunately encapsulated a lot of the things that had been seen in some of those close games but more on a much more like magnified level. We're talking to Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. Aaron, you kind of said something that Nebraska beats itself, and, and those would be questions for Scott Frost, but I'll ask you, 
where where do you think the disconnect is? Is it the development? Is it recruiting? Is it just not not the right coaches around them? What, what do you think? Where's the disconnect lie for this offense specifically? I think so. I don't want to say that it's it's not the right coaches, but I do mm-hmm. think you have to turn to coaching. You have to ask yourself um, because coaching ultimately determines recruiting. Coaching ultimately determines development. The coaching piece of it, the coaches. Yes, the coaches, you know, can't take the players have to make the plays like that is a part of this, too. And I get that. But at the same time, when you're talking about uh, lack of attention to detail, that kind of stuff, I'm it's John Cook is one of the big he's a big proponent of this is like you have to fall back on your you fall back on your training. What you practice is what you perform. So I start to ask myself, what are you practicing? What is, what is maybe not happening that is allowing that lack of detail or the things that Sean Beckton pointed out to not happen on Saturdays? Because when the going gets tough and you need to fall back on your training, if you're falling back on training that allows lack of attention to detail, um, that goes back to then the coaching of asking, like, how is that, is it being allowed in practice? How are players being held accountable? Because that, that is something that, yes, players should hold themselves accountable too. But as coaches, you are the ones who set the expectations. So I don't, I don't want to say necessarily like it, it, it's hard to like say you can't, you're bad or this or that. I just think like from a coaching perspective, like they, they are the ones who should answer for it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with like a lot of them have been asked. Like, like I said, Sean Beckton was asked, like, help us understand. And I thought his answer was really, really fair. Uh, it certainly brought up more questions, yeah. uh, but it was really fair. Uh, so, so we're speaking about the offense. I'm going to head over to the defensive side of the ball. After the Michigan State game holding the current Heisman frontrunner to under 100 yards rushing, the Nebraska defense has – not really struggled, but they've been allowing more rushing yards to, to teams following that. Um, but it seems as if they haven't lost really any confidence, as Cam Taylor Britt in the presser on Monday said uh, that he believed that the skill gap between Nebraska and Ohio State really wasn't as large as everybody thought it was. Uh, have you have you noticed the defense, at least the defense, uh, just keeping that confidence that they came into the season with? Yeah, I think especially with the defense, you hear a lot of cohesion, like cohesiveness is the word I'm looking for, between the coaches and the players. Because what Cam Taylor Britt said on Monday really mirrored what Eric Schnander then said on Tuesday, which is, you know, they talk about this black shirt culture. They have this this specific mindset. Um, they This defense is playing very much with a chip on its shoulder. I think the part that's frustrating for this defense is when you look at time of possession. So you look at time of possession in Purdue, Nebraska against Purdue. Um, Purdue has was winning the time of possession game on Saturday, and that is tough for a defense to overcome because when your defense is constantly having to be on the field, they're going to get worn down. The technique, the things that they, the the things that they train for, gets harder because they are tired. They're fatigued. That's inevitable of any team. You can have a really strong defense, and if they're basically on the field. Um, an exceptional amount of time because the offense can't keep them off of it, then it, it's it's going to be more difficult to overcome. But with that said, their mindset has stayed the same all season long. They believe they're one of you know the best defense, in, at least in recent history for Nebraska. I would say earlier in the season, we were looking at this being a defense that was comparable to 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it hasn't exactly like been perfect since then. But I mean, this is a defense that like you got to give credit to Eric Schnander because he has his he has the assistants, he has the players like all on the same page. You almost wish you could replicate like whatever is going on with the defense, replicate it for the offense because there definitely is there's definitely a chip on that defensive shoulder uh, on the defense, and so it kind of becomes a where's maybe the disconnect elsewhere because then you bring up special teams and everything else. But again, at least from a defensive perspective, they they're really going into every week believing like they can do everything. The reality though is this defense cannot win everything. The offense and special teams also have to help them out. When we talk about this defense, I really like to point out the fact that it doesn't feel like they have a a ton of NFL type guys. They all really just they just work well together, and that's how they're mm-hmm. they're playing so well. And and I'm sure you would agree with that also. But then going into Saturday, looking at that and and knowing what Cam Taylor Britt and what Shenander have said this week, what position group on the defense worries you the most going into Saturday's game? Yeah, I you know I. That's a good question. I'm like now like kind of rotating between where you could make a case for just about yeah. <laughs> any spot against a team. Like, I mean, oh, just, okay. Just the reality of it. If like people are like, well, what exactly are we up here? Like up against, um, like when I say like we, when we're trying to like break this down as far as like what Nebraska itself is up against, Ohio state has had 18 NFL first round draft picks since 2011. That's not that the first round. Yeah. Nebraska has had one. So in all like full transparency, Ohio State is loaded with talent. And we could have this talent discussion like every which way to Sunday because we've heard PJ Flex like culture beats talent and then we've now heard Scott Frost make the comment that he has good talent but not great talent. So like there's so much talent talk and now it's like, well, here's a direct talent number. Ohio State, eighteen NFL draft picks. First round draft pick since 2011, Nebraska won. So, yes, Cam Taylor Britt saying that, like, it's still, I mean, I could see just about any position, like any spot on this defense getting exploited. I think Ohio State will will take advantage of, will want to take advantage of Nebraska's secondary, especially if that secondary falls back on what we've seen sometimes where they don't wrap up and tackle. They, they lead with shoulders. They lead with heads. And that's something where an opposing offense can take advantage of it. You do worry about time of possession in that defensive line, getting tired. You could really honestly, somebody could make a case to me just about any spot, and I'd be like, yeah, I, I believe that. <laughs> yeah. A couple more before we let you go. We're talking to Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. Going back to the offense, what is your take on the quarterback room right now? Because there was a lot of discussion about Adrian Martinez and and why they didn't take him out, and now Logan Smothers, they just feel like they, he doesn't have the experience necessarily. Um, and, and Adrian still gives them the best chance to win. What's your just overall take um, from what you saw Saturday with Adrian and just your overall take on the quarterback room? Yeah, I, I have to give him credit. I have to give a shout-out. Jacob Padilla wrote a column this morning at Hale Varsity that I thought was really, really good about just sort of it's called Martinez Frost and the what is. And I, mm-hmm. I agree with a lot of what he said in that. So like, I really, if people want a deeper dive on kind of like what to make of this whole thing, I do agree with Frost that Adrian probably does give Nebraska its best chance of winning. I think where I start to get a little confused with the quarterback situation is you don't have to bench him. Exactly. You don't have to bench Adrian permanently. You could pull him out for a series and give him a break, mm-hmm. let him watch some film, let him get regrouped let him just have a moment. And that's where like, I start to wonder like, why is 
why can't that happen? Like, I don't think you're ruining confidence if you say to somebody, hey, let's just settle down a little bit. Let's let's go sit and let's kind of regroup, get you on the headset, walk through some stuff, and we'll put Logan in. But when you come back, we'll work through it. I just, I don't understand that. It's super confusing to me. Is like Logan really just not ready to be able to handle one series against Purdue? I guess Mm -hmm. maybe. We don't see practice to know. But that's a confusing one for me because it's like you could take him out without benching him. And that's a part that I think I haven't squared in my mind. Yeah, obviously there's been a lot of talk this week about Scott Frost and his future at at Nebraska and whether or not whatever happens these next three games, how it dictates his future. Will we know what his future will look like after Ohio State on Saturday? Uh, I'm just going to say this. Trev Alberts, from everything I've ever like heard about him, known about him, and the, the time that I've gotten to know him since he was hired at Nebraska, is uh, he's incredibly he's incredibly calculated. He knows like I, I wouldn't even be surprised if he knows what he's doing right now. Like yeah. if he already has an answer in his mind. Um, but my answer is I would be I don't think so. I think until Trev says here's here's my decision one way or the other, I, I could believe about anything. I think. Whatever he ends up deciding, there will be a pretty strong reason he made that decision. And it's the reality is whatever decision he ends up making is going to upset some people. And I think he knows that. Well, of course he knows that. But, like, I feel like for that reason, um, he's, he's going to play this card. He's going to keep this pretty close to the vest until he's ready to mm-hmm. say whatever he's doing. So I feel like we can all speculate. But unless you're actively, like, talking one-on-one with him and, like, in his head, I don't think anyone's going to have any idea until he decides and he makes that announcement. All right, one last question before we get you out of here. Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. Nebraska volleyball, 10-game winning streak, uh, fell to number three Wisconsin and then went on the road and had a tough five-game, uh, five-set loss to Minnesota. And now they're not really getting a break against ranked teams. They played three in a row already with Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota. And now they get number 25, Illinois, number seven, Ohio State. Uh, how do you think this this road, this this two-game road trip is going to gonna pan out for Nebraska volleyball? I hope that they've kind of worked through some of the struggles that they saw in the last two games. I think the biggest thing for them is getting getting out to a fast start, not allowing themselves to get behind and have to overcome things. I think that's been something we've seen with this team, that um, when they get behind and have to overcome, it's not impossible, but it makes their lives so much harder. It almost sounds a little bit like Nebraska football, where it's like <laughs> if you get behind, it becomes harder. Um, I think – I think for this team, and I know that they've talked about this, that they just, they know what they have to do. They have, it's again, falling back on their training and not allowing to get the game to get beyond them. And I think right now when they allow the game to get beyond them, they start trying to force plays that they don't need to make. And they start putting themselves in position. They get out, they get out of, they just, they get out of system. Everything works against them. So if they can just get ahead early, if they can just kind of play their game, I think they'll get themselves back on track. I think this team is still very good. They're just working through a lot of youth and a lot of – they're just working through a lot of things. And so you're going to see bumps in the road, and it'll be interesting to see now how they respond to the bump that they've hit. Yeah, and it was – that the Minnesota game had a lot of twists and turns. Kenzie Knuckles got a block. There was a spider on the court. It was it was crazy. <laughs> it was a wasp. It was a wasp. It was a wasp? Yesterday, it was a wasp, and that's why when they threw the towel at it and they lifted it up, it started flying again. <laughs> oh. I, I'm glad I was not there then. Um, Aaron, we, right. we appreciate the time as always. Hope your rest of your week goes better, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. We appreciate the time. Thank you so much.
That is Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity um, joining us as she does every Wednesday afternoon at 2.30. Let's take our final timeout. We'll get to your text and get to a Cam Taylor uh, soundbite next here on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.